Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Hey, and welcome to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. We are sneaking up on that April 1st anniversary date of my being working for myself as a solopreneur for six years. And those of you who've been listening to the show lately know that I've started every episode with one of my 20 tips for entrepreneurs. And today we are up to number 19. So we're getting very close to that number 20. And number 19 is you have to sort of watch your money when it comes to spending. Because as a solopreneur, there are all kinds of people who are going to refer that you get special programs and that you buy new equipment and that you spend money with coaches and consultants. And the reality is, until you have enough money coming in, it's really easy to get sucked into thinking, oh, I have to invest and invest and invest and invest. And all of a sudden, you can run up a lot of debt without a lot of income before you have proved if your solopreneur venture is really going to get going. When I started the business, I was supporting a family of four. I was the primary breadwinner, and I couldn't really cut back on spending on things like the mortgage and health insurance and food. Those pesky kids always wanted to eat every day. However, I did... I was very careful when it came to investing on different types of programs and different other things for my business. I have over the years gone back and added all the things I wish I had had when it came to just some of the basics of the business. But I ran a lot of my database on Excel spreadsheets for a long time because there was no cost, no monthly recurring cost with that. And while that might not be the best way to do it, you have to watch every penny because eventually as a solopreneur, if you don't get your income up over your expenses, the whole train's going to go off the edge of the track. So my advice is be really smart with your spending. So let's jump into today's episode. Today, I have with me the CEO of Certain Inc., and that is Peter Michike. And Peter has over 30 years in the software business. Two times he was CEO of other companies, which he sold to public software companies. And about five years ago, he joined Certain Inc. as the CEO and is working to grow and continue to grow this company. So Peter... Welcome to Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thanks, Tom. Glad to be here. Yeah, so why don't you tell the audience a little bit more about your journey? I kind of gave the overview there, but why don't you tell us a little bit about your career and about certain? Sure. Um, my, my career really has been wrapped around providing uh, value from software solutions to business executives who are really trying to transform their businesses. And that really has led me down a path of um, helping large organizations leverage the investments that they make in software to drive results that propel their businesses and often their, their careers. And my, my background really uh, starts with um, financial management um, in school. I have a, a bachelor's degree and a master's degree in finance and accounting, but very quickly I, I learned that I enjoyed the world of sales, which was really my first exposure to the world of being an entrepreneur. And uh, in my territory, I found that I was really responsible for driving my, my own results. And um, I found that I could combine uh, my academic experience with my professional interest. And my first uh, six or seven years in the industry was selling financial software with uh, GE Software. And that gave me a foundation of both small company experience, because we were an acquired company, but within the context of a much larger you know, Fortune 500 organization in which I got exposed to some fundamental disciplines which have carried forth for me uh, you know, to this day. Uh, and I ended up on a uh, really a dual track of uh, uh, 
sales management and general management, and that's you know, brought me to where I am uh, today with certain. So I've interviewed some other CEOs of, of both growing and larger companies, and in all the cases, I seem to see a very good connection between those who have a sales background as well as the finance and accounting background. Do you think that being able to have both of those has made you a good CEO? Yeah, and there's actually another component there, which is financial related. I, I took away um, from my early experiences at uh, GE is that a, a general manager never travels very far from his CFO, and that they really are uh, linked uh, you know, together very closely. And so I followed that, uh, that practice, and in every organization I've been part of, uh, whether I was you know, running the entire organization or some, some portion of it, I've made it my business to have a very close relationship with somebody that could provide me with the, with the specific guidance in terms of the financials. And having a, a, uh, an early background on that has certainly uh, helped me. Uh, and that continues to this day. Now, you have both experience in big companies and small companies. And as you've worked in the software business helping to grow startups, has that been something, having that background in the big company, has that helped you? Yes, from, really from two uh, perspectives. Um, one is that having larger company experience gives you a target to shoot for in terms of how you anticipate um, scale. And so it's, at some point you want your smaller company to become a larger company, and that, that represents a whole series of different kinds of uh, challenges. And so having been in both gives me that kind of that zoom in and zoom out uh, 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 perspective. The other is that the larger company experience gives me an understanding of what our customers uh, experience and their use of uh, software to get their jobs done and to drive their businesses forward. And so having been in larger companies, I, I really get what's at stake in terms of uh, their business results and the impact on their jobs that, uh, that software drives. So Peter, when you were young and just starting your career, did you think, yeah, someday I'm going to be CEO? Uh, you know, I, I very early on had an interest in kind of taking charge. And, uh, you know, I found myself in my early sales career being thrown into situations that were um, really poor performing situations. And, and that, that just caused me to have to take charge and be the guy that uh, found the path to, uh, to the sunlight. And so, yeah, I think very, very early on, I decided that I wanted to be somebody who was influencing a large organization in a, in a, in a broad, multifunction way. So what do you love about being the CEO? What do you love about being that person who has the reins of, of the company? Well, I think that's that shifted uh, over the years. And uh, at this stage, uh, what, I, what I really enjoy about it is that it gives me an opportunity to work with a, a team of people who are really trying to get to the next place in their careers and to help nurture them and help them get to another level, whatever that, uh, that may be. Um, I also get an opportunity to really kind of deploy all of the, uh, you know, the various movies that I've seen over the years, and I've seen a lot of different movies. And, and typically what you experience uh, in an organization is a variant of what you've, what you've uh, experienced before. And so I, I have a lot of chapters now to draw from, and that really provides a, a kind of a rich base to be able to look at opportunities for, uh, for this company. So what are the most rewarding parts then for you? It's really seen people um, achieve uh, you know, their goals through the company's uh, you know, progress, uh, whether that's achieving a financial goal or that's achieving um, a, an education, a knowledge uh, acquisition goal, or you know, gaining that promotion or something that positions them for their future. And you know, I've had a number of people that I've worked with go on to become you know, very successful uh, executives and CEOs of, uh, of other companies. And 
that, that really is, uh, is very exciting and rewarding for me. So, Peter, one of the questions I love to ask after what's rewarding is what parts of, you know, being the entrepreneur, CEO, person in charge, is there anything you don't like? Is there any day you wake up and think, boy, I wish I had just stayed in sales? You know, a, a long time ago, a, a very successful entrepreneur told me about his uh, early experiences in waking up and wanted to pull the, uh, the bed sheets over his head and you know, stay there all day. And um, there are certainly uh, you know, moments when you recognize that, that the job you have is a lonely uh, job. Um, but I learned a long time ago that um, it's really about taking one step at a time. Sometimes when you're going through challenges, I, you have to take it an hour at a time or even a minute at a time. But if you simply go forward, then eventually you'll find your way out of the labyrinth to, uh, uh, to a better place. So a lot of CEOs do tell me that it's sort of a lonely place to be because you're at the top. Have you ever participated in like CEO mastermind groups like a Vistage or a YPO or something like that? I have. Uh, I've been part of the, uh, the alliance of the CEOs and had a chance to, uh, and that's a Bay Area organization comprised of um, not just technology uh, industry CEOs, but uh, other industries. And that has been a kind of a rich repository of collective experiences to, uh, you know, to draw from. So what's the best part of participating in those types of groups? Well, it's a, it's a place where you can uh, really kind of expose your innermost thoughts about your organization um, with a group of people who are simpatico to what you're, uh, what you're experiencing. And it becomes a very safe place to be able to exchange uh, ideas and thoughts and problems and issues and challenges. Um, and there are very few places where you can actually uh, you can do that. Yeah, I'm a really big fan of whether it's a CEO of a growth-oriented company or a larger company, or even if it's a solopreneur, having some sort of a peer support group. And so I think groups like EO and YPO, Vistage, and, and the one you're involved in are all fantastic. But I also, if you listen to the episode two episodes ago about mastermind groups, you know, sometimes if you're a solopreneur, you know, there's not necessarily the, the formal organization set up and you have to put your own group together in order to find the right people. And I'm a real big fan of that. I find that even in my world, just being a solo, you know, speaker and trainer, it gets really, really lonely. So I have a group of five other professional speakers who we kind of are each other's uh, unofficial board of directors and we share everything with each other, the good and the bad. And what I find is, is that by doing that, it takes away that lonely piece but then it also brings together a lot of other perspectives because, you know, when you're at the top or you're all by yourself, in my case, you only have one perspective. And having other people being able to bring fresh eyes, I think sometimes is, is a really good help. Absolutely. Um, and I, I think a byproduct of that is that in, in exchanging what your thoughts about or what you're trying to get done and how you're trying to grow your business, those other people become extensions and they can point you in, in other directions that you hadn't, you hadn't thought of yourself. The other thing that I've found is, is valuable is that over a period of time, you end up developing you know, deep relationships with executives you've worked with for some number of years, and you know, they become really trusted advisors, and while you still are the guy or the gal that has to make the final decision, you learn to really you know, trust the input that you get from these people. So, Peter, what advice do you have for someone who wants to maybe not go off and start their own company? but wants to grow up within the company they're in, or at least within the industry, and take the reins eventually as that CEO entrepreneur. You know, what advice do you have for somebody who maybe is just starting out or maybe halfway up the ladder in their career? Yeah. I, I think there's, a, there's really a couple of things that, that people should do. First of all, uh, in every organization, in every company, there are fresh opportunities to add value. It could be to help a company generate revenue, gain market share, save lots of money. 
Uh, and usually it's really the people who are doing the, the work day to day, significant individual contributors, junior managers who are spotting those opportunities. The question then becomes, what are they going to do about it? And I encourage people to, first of all, look at an opportunity that you spot where there's a you know, reasonable risk reward ratio and in which you can formulate a fairly simple, straightforward proposal to management to do something about it. Um, and, and, and I welcome those kinds of uh, proposals from, uh, you know, from people, and they really were key for, to me to accelerate you know, my career. Um, I was always looking for uh, opportunities and wasn't shy about going to management with uh, you know, structured thoughts about what to do about them. So, Peter, I call the show Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. So I always like to ask everybody, what new and exciting things are your company doing? How are you serving your clients? What products do you have? What's exciting about Certain Inc.? Well, we are, we are in a very, very exciting uh, place. So we're an event management software company. We provide a uh, SaaS solution, software as a service. And so while we, we build software, we really deploy it um, as a utility. And... Our solution is used by some of the largest companies on a global basis, and it's used really to manage a very important activity for them, and that is their events and, and meetings. And what CERTAIN has been doing is really driving this transformation of events from being all about just really the, the logistics and the operational aspects to where it's truly providing added value to the business, typically in the form of marketing and sales executives who are looking to leverage events and meetings in order to go deeper with their prospects and with their with their customers. And so what we like to say is that we're all about delivering measurable results to CMOs. And we've been on this, this path of adding a layer of uh, value that really ties the event directly to the productivity of the marketing organization. And that has been a, uh, a really a, a challenging but very exciting journey for us. And we've made uh, just enormous progress uh, uh, there. We are now the leading provider of event management solutions uh, to marketing organizations. We have deep integrations into the major marketing automation platforms, and we today are as much about marketing automation as we are about event management. So as a professional master of ceremonies and keynote speaker, my whole niche into the meetings business is I help make meetings better because people come to be able to engage, and when humans engage with each other, they have a better experience, and I really believe that events are all about the experience. And what you're trying to do is take that experience and tie it back to the marketing group so that they can create an ROI out of the events that they're doing. What exactly, uh, how exactly do you do that? Yeah, so, so events are incredibly uh, complex logistically, and event planners uh, do a fabulous job at, at, at organizing things to a point where attendees have a great uh, experience and, and the brand really uh, you know, resonates. Uh, however, that's really only part of the equation uh, you know, today. Uh, today, events, uh, con they can consume as much as 25% of a marketing budget, but it, by and large, it's still the, the last place that is analog versus digital in the entire uh, digitization of, uh, of, of business. And so in order to really provide a, a clear-cut pipe of, of uh, compelling digital information to the marketing organization, that means we have to equip the attendee with the capability so that we can actually gauge the experience that they're having before the event, during the event, and post-event, and take all of the data that that generates and convert it into meaningful intelligence so that the marketer can determine whether they're achieving their goals and then do something about that. And what we've been doing is really taking a multi-layered approach where we provide capabilities for the, the attendee, 
to uh, generate their feedback on the meeting via uh, mobile devices and a variety of other ways. Uh, we personalize the experience for the attendee based upon their interests. We capture um, their reaction to the, uh, to the event and to, to the content. We do that in aggregate. We can do that at, uh, at scale. And then we, we also have the ability to really convert all of that interest into one-on-one -on -one meetings at the event. So it's not only just about listening to you, Tom, and, and understanding that uh, the points that you're making and having those resonate, but we can turn that actually into action at the event and align people who are interested in whatever you're talking about with uh, others who have a similar kind of an interest and, and they can get down and do business. We orchestrate all of that digitally and make that a seamless experience uh, as part of the uh, part of the event. This is a pretty radical transformation. So we now equip the marketer with the ability to drive content on a personalized basis to the attendee and then help sales organizations really accelerate the, the really the, the maturity of their pipeline by having attendees convert to prospects and prospects convert into uh, customers right at the event. So what is this following year? What's 2015 have in store for you all? So we, because um, we have um, really the, the need to drive, uh, you know, global solutions that scale. Uh, for us, it's really about um, increasing the, the foundation of our, our business at, at multiple levels. And so what we've done is most people talk in terms of data integration, um, really being at the kind of the database level, data flowing from one system to another, and you can think of that as kind of a pipe. What, what we've done is really enrich that 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 pipe. So that data that's flowing into a marketer's database is actually adjusting the score that's associated with the attendee which, or a prospect, which is a really critical marketing uh, activity. But we're now taken to the next level and at the application level of creating a really a seamless ability for the marketer to be able to work in the context of an event as a campaign right from the marketing automation uh, application. And then on top of that, we're, we're, we've added a, a series of dashboard capabilities that make it easy for the CMO to really see visibly what the results of their events and meetings are, either for a single event or for, say, a worldwide product uh, uh, roll-on. Well, and I think you're doing the right thing because I'm very involved in the events industry, and I think that that disconnect that you solve is something that, that is definitely a need that's out there. And when it's done right, it can make all the difference for the company and, and really make that ROI matter. So thanks for sharing all that. Absolutely. Hey, Peter, we could talk about Certain Inc. and about Peter all day long, but I find some of the best entrepreneurs are observers. So what else do you see out there? Maybe another entrepreneur, a friend of yours, or a company that you guys work with, someone who's not your company. What's something you see out there where you think, hey, that's cool? <laughs> well, we're here in uh, downtown, uh, downtown San Francisco, which is the, uh, the epicenter of uh, you know, tech around the world today. And uh, everywhere I throw a stone, um, I, I could hit a very exciting, interesting entrepreneur. But you know, one that, that uh, comes to mind is uh, Zora. Zora is led by uh, uh, Tian Zuo. Uh, Tian is with the number 10 employee at Salesforce.com. Uh, and he's created a very exciting company that is all about providing um, the ability to manage the subscriptions associated with your SaaS business. And Zora uh, is a client of Certain, and Certain is a client of, uh, of Zora. And uh, Tian has been building a business that's scaling uh, very, very fast. There's uh, significant press around recently. They, I think they've recently become part of the, you know, the Unicorn Club, uh, those young companies that are worth over a billion dollars. And uh, he's been building a business really on a, a quality enterprise-grade uh, application uh, that all SaaS companies uh, will need. 
So I do think that's interesting being right in the heart of, of San Francisco. There must be so many things that are going on. I mean, all you have to do is go out to lunch and probably look at the next table and there's probably something cool happening right there. You're exactly right, and, and, you, and you have to be very careful about the conversations you're having in these places because you're surrounded by uh, competitors uh, as well as collaborators. <laughs> so, Peter, the other question I like to ask everybody is I think great entrepreneurs also like to leave their mark somehow. So I always ask people, what do you or your company do to sort of give back to the greater good? Yeah. Well, um, our um, chairman, uh, Doug Goldman, uh, is, a, is a very interesting uh, you know, person. Uh, uh, Doug comes from the, the lineage of the uh, Levi Strauss, uh, you know, fortune, and uh, Doug's family is all about giving back um, on a massive scale. His family, um, over the last you know, thirty years or so, uh, has given away close to a uh, billion dollars of their uh, their fortune, and um, world class uh, philanthropists. And one of the very interesting uh, uh, gifts that they have is called the Goldman Environmental uh, Prize. And the Goldman Prize has become really, really think of it as the Nobel Prize for grassroots environmentalists who are making a sustainable difference uh, in our world. And uh, each year, the, the Goldman Prize gives away um, a half a dozen prizes of uh, a couple hundred thousand dollars each to you know, people who are w- working in one of the six inhabited continents uh, around the world and, and making a massive difference um, uh, at a grassroots level, but in the environment. And, and uh, uh, if you go to the Goldman Environmental Prize you know, website, you can read a little bit more. Um, but it's, um, it's a vision that uh, Doug's father had um, 25, 30 years ago that now has enriched uh, not only just the lives of these, uh, these entrepreneurs who are grassroots environmentalists, uh, but all of our lives uh, as well. So, Peter... It has been a pleasure to have you on the show. We had the opportunity to meet each other a couple of weeks ago at a dinner that you hosted in Austin, Texas. One of your employees in conjunction with your company has released a book about the events business, and I had the honor to write one of those chapters. And so we had the ability to meet. Can you talk, talk a little bit about the book and, and how the company is utilizing that? Sure. The, the book is um, really a, a fabulous piece. First of all, it provides a really great, easy-reading perspective on the impact of events in generating business and revenue for kind of for everybody. And then uh, each of the, the authors provides really their view and their perspective um, on exactly that. And there's a, uh, there's a lot to take away, whether you're a marketer or you're an event a professional um, or you, you, know, you participate in the events industry uh, yourself. And from a, from a leveraging of the content, because it's digitized and available um, on Amazon you know, for, your, for your Kindle, um, we were able to actually, you know, leverage that in, co- in conjunction with webinars with, for each of the authors of the uh, of the chapters, and we've been able to, uh, think, really take an initial piece of uh, content and and really slice it and use it in many, many, many different ways, and everything from social media to event and webinar activity, as well as uh, to you know give books uh, away at at uh, at the booth when we uh, sponsor events. Uh, and, and it's really kind of a, a mini lesson in how to drive concentrated content and then to generate both short-term and, and, and long-term uh, benefits from it. 
Well, the book is called Making Rain with Events, and it is available on Amazon. And I think that in addition, I, I, I wrote a chapter, so it's hard for me to say, oh, how great it is. But I do think that having read you know, all the other chapters, it's a great resource for the events uh, professionals that are out there. And I think your company has done a great job to leverage that as sort of a tool to help get your name out there, but also to provide real value to people who are in the events business. And I have to give all the credit to Scott Ingram, who is our senior sales executive in, uh, in Texas, uh, who really did all the work organizing this. So anyway, I wanted to make sure that we got a chance to talk about that. And it was a pleasure to meet you at that dinner. I really appreciate you being in Austin and hosting some of those authors and some of your clients. It was a lot of fun. Likewise, Tom. I enjoyed it very much. So Peter, thank you so much for being a guest here on the podcast. If somebody listened to this and they want to know more information about you or more information about Certain Inc., how can they find you? Certain.com, and that's C-E-R-T-A-I-N.com. Fantastic. Well, again, thanks for being on the show. And for all of those of you who listened, you know, I always appreciate the audience. I wouldn't have a show if you weren't sitting here, you know, listening to each episode. So please let me know. Leave me a, a message on the Facebook page, which is Facebook, and then it's just cool things entrepreneurs do. Or you can reach out to me on Twitter at Tom Singer or at Cool Podcast. Either one will find its way to me. And uh, reach out and let me know what you think of these shows. I love getting emails or tweets that say that somebody was listening to it. The other day I got a tweet from a listener who said that every day they listen to a show when they're on the treadmill or they're going out for a walk and they think that I'm introducing them to people like Peter who they never would have met anywhere else. So I really appreciate that. We'll be back in a couple of days with another episode. In the meantime, go out there and have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at at TomSinger. This podcast was produced in part by Podfly.net. Podfly, passion for great sounding podcasts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.